Oh my god, I was expecting theme music to start playing. I was You tricked me. <laughs> the worst theme music ever. Um, chicka, wow, wow. Not your no no no, not your soundtrack. Theme music. Recording in progress. Welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Oh, listen to those velvety tones of a banter, banter. Ooh. Uh, hey, my name is Robin O, and this is, of course, the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Joining me today, Mr. Ryan Flurry. I think you need to stop the liquid lunches. <laughs> Why? Because you didn't invite us, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now as you can hear, spoilers, spoilers, uh, also joining us back, making his triumphant return to the show, Mr. Steve Barkley. That would be me. Uh, and look who it is, Liz Malone. I don't put the banter in banter, banter. It is not a double negative banter, isn't that? How many banters is that? I don't put the banter in banter. I don't put the banter in banter, banter. Yeah, there's a song in that. There's a 50s song in that. That's right. How is everybody? Scale of 1 to 10? Yeah. 14.7. Wow. Wow. Shot out of a cannon. Hey, crap. <laughs> okay, well, what about everyone else? I'm seven, seven eight. Oh, an eight. Well, I'm a, I'm a nine. Oh, okay. I think I'm like seven and a half. Wow, everyone's really high today. The Russian judge is really strict, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that means that uh we're only down by 0.8 percent overall that's pretty good <laughs> that is pretty good for yeah, us yeah, our average is spectacular oh we won this we've got we still got a week to go in the end of the end of the month so we might make it <laughs> excellent well listen we're all gathered here uh despite some technical issues that we had earlier uh we won't mention any names Liz. <laughs> I mean, whoops, holy cow did that come out <laughs> Uh, so much for the bro code. Whoa, it's right. Well, clearly the bro code does not exist in this show. So Oops. putting it up, opening it all up out there to the general public. Uh, no. Um, yeah. With the gangs all here, we're excited because why are we excited, Ryan? We are excited because we are doing another news show with a little bit of additional information from Mr. Barkley, who just returned from CSUN. Yay me! Yay! I saw palm trees and blue sky. You wouldn't believe it. I know. I wouldn't. And it's the fourteen point five. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. There you go. I, once, once you give me a little dose of vitamin D, I'm over the top. Oof! Lucky man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that must have been nice. I mean, we're here in Vancouver. We've been it's been two weeks of nothing but gray and drizzle. So. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah. I guess the the long story short, we're very jealous of Steve and his vitamin D overload. 
no guilt here none <laughs> well you know what though you know you missed a you missed a really good show you would have actually really liked uh last week's show uh, it was shockingly good it was it was a, that's right. well i wasn't there was, that's that's an, an upgrade right there right? <laughs> well, not only was it was about comics uh which was was fun uh but uh we apparently we learned we learned that the wichita state university uh what is it a football team I think all their teams, they're mm -hmm. called Shockers. Yeah, they're, they're called Shockers because I guess... Their mascot Eddie is was... called Woo Shock. Yeah, and he's, he looks like a, like a shock of wheat. That's what I guess the name is from, is gotcha. from a shock of wheat. Okay, but, I had an uh, entirely different picture there. Well, listen well, to the end of the show. So <laughs> apparently that's, that's, where we, that's where half our minds went as well. And when we, we asked them about it, uh, asked the professor about it, uh, apparently their, their team has really leaned into this and, uh, they actually do the, the hand gesture is there. It looks like they're making a gang sign, but really they're making the shocker, yeah. the shocker hand. And the, and it's funny, I, I had to, I had to Google, uh, pictures of their cheerleaders <laughs> after the show last time, just to <laughs> confirm that. And yeah, sure enough, the internet is full of all these people in you know, yellow, yellow uniforms doing the shocker. Uh, in the air, so uh, that's hilarious. So wow, congratulations wow. to Wichita so State part, University. It's one of their chants, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I don't know. Possibly, edit. possibly. I mean, that could very well be. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, yeah, it was great. So uh, listen, there's so many variations. There's the there's the shark. There's the six pack. There's I'm not, yeah. So wow, what? See, okay, Steve, what? No, see Steve and I were we we kind of got this mind melting. He knows exactly what. I'm, I'm, I'm it's smelling. So scary. A, I'm smelling what, a topic. What you say you drank? Smelling a topic. Smelling a topic for a show in May. <laughs> Right. We'll, just, we'll just pull out Urban Dictionary and horrify people. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, I just wanted to follow up on that because and I wanted to confirm that just so in case any of our listeners were uh, dubious of that because I was dubious. I was like, there's no way. But no, clearly, clearly there's a lot of the administration uh, at the school has no idea what the shocker is either. Otherwise, I can't see them having allowed this to happen. But I think it's hilarious. Hey, they're all adults. True. Hey, listen. Whatever floats your boat. No judgment here. We're an inclusive podcast. <laughs> so, uh, what are we going to start with? Should we start with uh, with some CSUN, uh, CSUN report? Could do. Could do. Um, okay, well, why don't you set this up for us, Steve? Uh, where did you go and what did you do? Okay, so I went to the CSUN conference. Uh, CSUN stands for California, uh, California State University Northbridge, and that's who hosts the uh, uh, the the show. Uh, this year's show was held in Anaheim, uh, right beside the Anaheim Conference Center in uh, in one of the hotels there. And uh, to be honest, it was a little disappointing. You know, I've I've been to CSUN a number of times in the past, and it was always a, a huge conference with lots and lots of exhibitors. Everybody released new products at it, and uh, um, you know, um, it was it was busy. This time, 
you know, there were, there were empty booths, uh, you know, some people had reserved booths and then never showed. Um, there were a lot of just ones that were plain empty. It obviously never been, uh, never been sold. Um, and the, you know, the attendance wasn't great. So for some of the exhibitors, it was, it was kind of disappointing. And for some of the attendees, it was kind of disappointing. Um, you know, I don't, I don't go for the, uh, presentations, uh, which uh, a lot of people do, so I can't comment too much on the uh, on the quality of the presentations, um, you know. But I'm mostly there to see new technologies and see what uh, what people have come out with, and and also to reconnect with you know people I haven't seen in a while. And uh, there were a lot, a lot fewer people that I hadn't seen in a while, and uh, yeah, very very little in in the way of new technologies. But but there were some standouts. There were some some things that were kind of interesting and. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who are working on graphics tablets right now. Um, you know, I, I learned of, uh, well, I saw two different products that, uh, that are out there now, one from Orbit Research and one from uh, Dot Corporation. Um, Orbit Research seems well out in front right now in terms of, uh, you know, having a, a physical product that they can sell to the market. Um, dot corporation, I asked them how much it cost and they said, oh, we don't really know. We're going to, you know, put together a focus group and sort of bandy or bandy around that idea and see what the market will. So there was like zero commitment to even a range of what it might cost. And, uh, in confidence, I was told by another company that they were working on a graphics tablet as well, but I'm not at liberty to say too much more about it, but, um, um, they are, um, they are plugging away at it as well. So there's going to be, there's going to be some competition in that arena for sure. And, uh, we'll, we'll see where the, where the chips fall at the end of the day. So could, sir, sorry, could you, could you like, what do you mean when you, when you say graphics tablet? So, um, we're, we're all in, in, in our group here familiar with, um, braille cells, uh, refreshable braille cells where you have dots yeah. that are popping up and down. And basically with a graphics tablet, you increase the density of dots and you put many, many more of them. So, you know, it could be, you know, um, like you, you look at something like the Canute, for example, which it's not exactly a graphics tablet, but it's, uh, what, 360 Braille cells. Um, so you're basically mashing these dots together and then trying to present tactile graphics on them in one way, way shape or form. Um, I'm not sure what the, uh, what the resolution of the orbit product is. I could probably look it up, but, uh, um, yeah, the graffiti from orbit research actually has, and I forget how many cells it is too, but different separate motors for each of the, the pins and cells, and you can actually increase or decrease, like Steve said, the pin height. So you can actually get almost a shading effect in your braille or in your tactile image. And they say, it will allow you to read charts, graphs, topographical maps. Um, wow. you know, that's, that's kind of detail we've never had access to before through, through tactile anyway. Well, and what's the price point like? Well, I mean, I guess in some cases you're, you, we don't know yet, but um, in general, like what's, are these going to be a lot more expensive? Yes, the graffiti, other... the graffiti is $20,000. Is that Canadian or U.S.? That's on, their, on our website. That's Canadian. Oh, okay, that's the Canadian one. Yeah, twenty thousand four hundred and twenty, I believe, was the price I quoted yeah, today. It's, <laughs> who's their market? Who's the expensive. market for that? Universities, colleges. Yeah, anybody who's trying to provide Research. quick and dirty access to to 
geographical information for for education is probably the the number one um, application for it. You know, scientific diagrams and and math, mathematical diagrams and things like that. Graphs, charts. You know, could be mm-hmm. stuff used in a marketing department just so you can see a, a progression or something. Um, but um, yeah, there's uh, there, there's definitely going to be a lot more on this for sure, and uh, we'll we'll see how it all comes out exciting yeah and i just looked up the graffiti tablet it's 60 by 40 okay so 60 dots by 40 dots so nothing else in terms of any sort of other braille devices that caught your eye yeah there were there were um you know we've been we've been looking at a uh, braille tablet for a while called the um, um the inside one um and we had a we had a demo of it here. I actually delivered it back to the company when I when I went down there, and um, there is a, the next generation of it has been announced. It's not out yet, but um, it deals with a lot of the critiques that we had of the original tablet that we were, we were handled, which were uh, much much of it was uh, it's just you know a lot of money for a, a pretty underpowered. Uh, computer system. So um, the the new one is going to. This is so. This is a a refreshable Braille computer with a touch screen on it. Uh, it's got 32 cells of Braille with cursor routing, and then it's got a big uh, touch screen which has the the keys etched onto the surface. So they're they're actually indented into the glass on the surface, and you can Braille through that keyboard. That part, um, you know, the, the the feedback that we've had is it, it takes some getting used to because you've got to get used to this idea that that you're entering when you pull away instead of when you're pressing down um so that's that's an interesting kind of shift that people have to make to to use this um but uh, anyways the the new one is going to be a uh, 10th gen i7 uh, processor with 16 gigs of ram uh, it's going to run windows 11 it's got Wi-Fi 5, it's got Bluetooth 4.1, uh, dimensions of it are in inches, uh, 11.5 inches by 7.9 inches by 0.7 inches, uh, total weight of 3 pounds. Oh, uh, SSD hard drive uh, between 256 gigs up to a terabyte, uh, it supports micro SD up to a terabyte, it's got built-in stereo speakers. Uh, Microphone, 16 megapixel rear camera with autofocus, um, uh, which you can use for OCR, uh, as well as a 5 megapixel front camera uh, for apparently high resolution zooming or something. I, I'm not. I don't even know why you would have that high resolution front camera. Interesting. Um, has USB-C, USB-3, micro HDMI, 3.5 millimeter audio jack, and mini USB on it. Uh, up to eight hours of usage time. So a really, for somebody who wants a, a small, compact Windows machine to carry around with them, um, it's, a, it's a pretty cool little, uh, little note taker. Hmm. The same company that distributes that is uh, Inside Vision down in the US, and we distribute for Inside Vision, or we, mm-hmm. Canadian Assistive Technologies, distributes uh, Inside Vision products in Canada. Um, they have also just released uh, a new Braille display called the Vario 440. Uh, it is a dead basic Braille display, like could not be simpler. It's got 
40 braille cells, 40 cursor routing keys. It's got uh, six navigation buttons on the on the uh, top face of it. Um, it only uh, connects through um, USB. It's got a USB-C port on the side. You plug it into your computer. It uses a human interface interface driver. No mucking around with you know specialized drivers. No mucking around with uh, you know any kind of Bluetooth connection or anything because it doesn't do that. Um, it's just a very very simple uh, Braille display, but it's it's really small. Uh, very lightweight and uh, I think it could have some pretty pretty good application for places like um, like government where uh, government doesn't like devices that have memory in them because somebody could you know take documents out of places they're supposed to have documents on a device like that so this uh, this might have some application but well so does does that is that do you feel like that's really dialed down in terms of features in order to to make it a a more attractive price point well unfortunately the the flip side of this is this is another european made product uh you know made in in uh, germany i believe and they tend to be on the high side of uh, of pricing so this is actually uh more money than you would pay for say a, a focus 40 or a brilliant 40. Uh, even though it doesn't have a lot of the functionality that those ones have, but at the same time, it also has less points of failure. So, you got to balance one versus the other. So, what's the sort of the? And I don't know if you can answer this, but and you may you may you know have other sources other than what you found out at CSUN. But I'm just curious to know, like, has like this whole whole global sol- supply chain issues that we've seen over the past few years because of you know, whatever, pick your cri- your global crisis. Um, have you seen, like, it, like, do you think development and R&D and stuff has really started to slow down because of those supply chains or, or production in general? I think it's impacted production more than development. Um, the, the, devel- the, the development side has been impacted because people can't get together as easily to collaborate on technical projects like this, which I think is, you know, fairly important. It's hard to do a lot of design work through Zoom, right? Um, but uh, where, where we've really been clobbered in our, in our industry is on the supply side and uh, the actual production side. And that's been, you know, people being out with COVID, um, supply chains being disrupted. But because this industry is so small, um, when it comes to component shortages, uh, a, a manufacturer is going to address the component needs of their bigger customer before they're going to deal with their, their smaller customer who might only order, you know, 100 to 1,000 of a particular processor, say, for example. So it's been very hard for uh, the 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 producers to get uh certain components you know in talking to uh, one of the guys from humanware uh at the conference you know he said they had you know just dozens of different issues where you know components you know manufacturers decided well we've got a big covid epidemic going on we'll phase out that product that they were relying on so they've had to go and do you know board redesigns or or you know work with uh chips that that are are substitutions for the ones that they originally started out with so yeah there's been a lot of uh, disruptions that way does that affect price at all 
like when when you have these supply chain disruptions? Well, there's already been some uh, price increases uh, in the industry. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there's probably going to be more to come. Um, but um, it, it hasn't been extreme at this point. Um, you know, they've been fairly minor price updates in most in most cases. Um, so that, that one, I think we're going to have to wait and see. Because yeah, obviously yeah, we've got... You know, we've gotten largely through COVID and now we're hovering on the brink of World War Three. So, you know, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Was there a lot of head worn stuff there at all? Uh, there were a few uh, head worn things that I saw that I hadn't seen before. Uh, there was um, there was a product product called the Vision Buddy. Uh, which is a head-worn, uh, very similar, if, if you're familiar with the Iris Vision, you know, that head-worn virtual reality headset type of type of product. But this one is primarily meant for uh, watching TV. Um, it has, it does have a camera in the front, so you can use it for magnification up to 10 times. Uh, but they're, what they really honed in on with this one is they really honed in on uh, TV and streaming directly into the headset for people. Um, and it's uh, it's a pretty good headset. It's a 4K headset, um, and uh, so it's a very high resolution, and uh, uh, it's um, got a 101 uh, degree field of view. So that's um, in comparison to the Iris Vision. The Iris Vision has a 70 degree field of view, and that's been so far as I've seen so far the the widest field of view for any of the uh, vision aids, the virtual reality glass based vision aids. Uh, so this is quite a bit wider, which means for people with things like macular degeneration, it will serve them longer than, you know, other, other devices might. Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. There was also, I'm just looking through my, uh, through the brochures that I grabbed here. There was another head worn, there it is, one that I saw, uh, the, uh, Oxite Onyx, um, it, it also has a 70 degree field of view, only goes up to eight times magnification, and it's a purely digital magnification. So when you're up at eight times magnification, it's really quite blurry, uh, but it's um, considerably cheaper than a lot of the other stuff on the market. So if you were uh, somebody who didn't need a whole lot of magnification, but you wanted one of those virtual reality type headset worn uh, glasses, uh, it, it might be a, it might be a viable contender for some people. Um, aside from that, I mean, I saw, you know, a couple of companies that are using the same, uh, gear VR platform, Samsung phone, um, as the Iris vision does. Um, you know, there's probably three different companies that are using that same platform. Um, but there were also people who weren't, who weren't at that show, you know, um, Iris vision wasn't at the show. Uh, they, uh, they have a new product that I would have liked to have seen, but, but I couldn't cause they weren't there. Um, uh, new eyes wasn't at the show. Uh, they also have a new product I wouldn't mind seeing, but they weren't there. So, you know, this is what I, what I mean when I talk about, you know, there were, there were people that, you know, just didn't show. Uh, how are the, how are the actual headsets themselves progressing are they making them lighter or and less bulky or are they pretty much have stayed standard over the past say five years 
they they haven't progressed as much as I would have liked to have seen. I guess is the the best I can put it. Um, you know, uh, I talked to another manufacturer who I'd heard was coming out with a new head worn system. Um, asked them about it, and they said, "Yeah, we we had a prototype, but." Um, there was so much heat thrown off the, the glasses part of it that, um, we, we couldn't release it as a, as a consumer product. Um, so, you know, it, it looks like if you, if you want to get a, you know, a better performance, a high performance, um, headset, that seems to be the balancing point right now. You know, it'll use more power, it'll generate more heat, and it might not be appropriate as a, uh, as a vision aid. Um, you know, what, what the market wants and what the market constantly, what people, uh, with vision loss constantly tell me is they want a pair of sunglasses, something yeah. that's just a pair of sunglasses. that has got a discreet camera in it. So, you know, people might not even have any idea that they're wearing a, a vision aid. Um, that's still, I think a long way off. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, I, but I almost think that like by the time the technology with these headsets gets to the point where they can make the screens and the the unit itself light enough to make people happy, I feel like we'll actually have the technology to lean into something like a pair of those glasses where it's where it's like augmented reality as opposed to an actual virtual reality environment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the that whole AR um, push that I see going on in, in, you know, big tech right now, I think that's going to drive this kind of technology forward faster than certainly anything our industry could ever do. Yeah. Which is typical, right? Yeah. Yeah. On the, uh, on the, uh, the headset uh, topic though, there was a, another interesting headset type product. Um, this one is not a vision aid. This is a uh, communication aid for uh, people who are nonverbal. It's a speech generating device. So, uh, it's from this company called, uh, Cognition, uh, which is spelt, uh, C-O-G-N-I-X-I-O-N. Um, uh, it's called, uh, Cognition One Axon. And the, the model that they have right now, um, you, you wear this headset and you've got this uh, uh, visor in front of you and you can see through the visor so you can see stuff in the distance and it kind of is that AR type of, uh, type of interface. And what it's displaying on the visor is it's displaying um, you know, words and phrases that you might, uh, might want to say and you can access them just by turning your head and selecting them. Um, they were also, uh, talking about, uh, a device that they have in, in, uh, well, not, sorry, not production in, um, prototype right now, uh, which is using, uh, wireless EEG, uh, to, um, you know, they've got a number of sensors on the back of the, uh, the back of the headset, which are monitoring brainwave activity and you can control it through brainwave activity. So oh. that was, that was kind of slick. Yeah, but but it's, you know, not not ready for prime time yet, as I understand it. Well, and that's interesting, too, because, you know, I know that that on the show, you know, and, you know, I know that you with you guys, you guys mainly deal in low vision and blindness. But I'm just curious if like those augmentative augmentative communication aids have really progressed at all or if they're kind of just still making them much the same way that they, they have for 20 years. 
Um, you know, with the advent of touchscreens, they've changed fairly significant around touchscreen interfaces. But um, yeah, they they are still using a lot of the same strategies for uh, for communication that have been used for you know a long period of time. Right. Um, sadly, for this conference, and that was that was a big area that I wanted to see. I wanted to see you know what what's going on with the Ogcom devices, and you know who's new out there that's doing stuff in Ogcom. But aside from this um, cognition company that was there, there, there were no, uh, no companies that uh, specialized in uh, communication technology. Huh. Yeah, that's surprising. You know, because I really feel like that's another industry that if somebody could crack the code and figure out how to make um, really effective communication aids cheaper, uh, that would really be a game changer for, for that particular niche. It's, it's already happened. Um, you know, the, the, the tablet revolution, um, you can get augmentative communication uh, software for, uh, on, on either the Android or the uh, iOS uh, platforms. There, there's already much cheaper options out there. Now, oftentimes you're balancing that cheaper with less sophisticated communication strategies. So, you know, you you might never gain the kind of um, efficiency of communication that you might achieve through, you know, a developed uh, system like, um, you know, MinSpeak. Uh, what do they call MinSpeak by now? I can't remember. They changed the phrase. But, but MinSpeak was, you know, a, a, a communication system developed by, by Bruce Baker down in uh, the States. Um, and it, it allows use of symbols to represent parts of language and to, by, by following different combinations of symbols, you can construct speech extremely quickly and then, you know, obviously speak it out. Um, you, you know, you don't, you don't get that same level of, of complexity in, you know, the cheap solutions. Um, but... Again, you know, not everybody can use that level of complexity either. You know, min, MinSpeak really uh, can be a, an extremely powerful um, system for somebody who, who's a, a good communicator. But, you know, there's some people that might never achieve that, that level of communication through even, even using MinSpeak. So. Nothing that really super wowed you, though, like nothing that you just came away with, like, yes, I need to pick this up. This is exciting. This is going to be a game changer. Well, I, I, I already ordered one of those Vario 440 uh, Braille displays because uh, I, I just I really liked it. I, I think it's a nice little display. Um, the, the big question will be whether, whether, <laughs> whether the market will pay the price for it, because I think it's going to come out to about 4,400 Canadian, if I recall. Right. Um, but I mean, that's often the case when, especially when you have European manufacturers, right? Generally, there's a there's a a cost involved in in a lot of those products, whether that's because they're they tend to be a little bit higher quality, mm -hmm. um, or just you're just you're paying for you know shipment and and that kind of thing. But is it higher quality? Like, and, and just playing devil's advocate, of course, but that Braille technology. Is the same braille technology is it not that has been used for the last 10 15 years like r&d is done like yeah. so they're charging a premium because they can yeah or their production costs in germany are higher than could be know, utilizing a, a manufacturer in china or something 
Well, let's even even look at you know our, our Canadian or even North American uh, manufacturers. Mm-hmm. You know the, the Freedom Scientifics, the Human Wares, the Elvas. Yeah, it's the same Braille technology. It's been used for ten, fifteen years, and they're yep. still three, four thousand dollars. Yep. So yeah, makes no sense to me. Well, I mean, I guess it's you know, is it is it because you know, despite the fact that the the technology is old, it still it still costs the same for them to manufacture that using that technology. Is is that sort of the the case? Yeah, it's. I think it's as much the, you know the fact that they've never reached an economy of scale on yeah. that type of thing. It's just you know, it's it's such a specialized market. All right, it, I'll it'll give take them that. a it'll it'll take a shift in technology to to do it. But you know, well, there, we've there's, seen that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're right, Ryan. We we saw we we've seen manufacturers come out with other Braille technologies, and how's that experience been? Not super fantastic so far. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we, <laughs> we, when, when, you know, companies like, uh, you know, InnoVision and Orbit Research come out with, with cheap Braille products, we're all over it. But when they prove to not be reliable, that is kind of tough, right? You, you know, we, we can't leave our customers saddled with something that's going to break down all the time. It's just not right. So bugs are still being worked out. So. You know, hopefully it will evolve sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's my hope. That's my hope. Well, and I'm just curious about that. Um, so, I mean, in general, what kind of failures, like what, what are the source of the failures? Is it, is it because of this actual other Braille technology that's, that's still kind of flaky or is it in the manufacturing um, you what, what's, what do you, what sense do you have that, that is the sort of the core of the problem? Well, it's hard, it's hard for us to say for sure. Uh, I mean, we can, uh, you know, we can certainly point to, you know, the, the units that we have sold that we've had trouble with and, and say, okay, well, you know, we've had numerous, uh, displays that have had dot problems, you know, dots stuck up or dots stuck down. Um, but then we've also had units that have failed entirely, you know, unit that'll be, you know, plugging along one day, working just fine. All of a sudden next day it's done. Um, and, uh, you know, we have, um, we've had, we've had cases where we have sent multiple units to a customer and they've all failed in one, one way, shape or form. And not after a long period of time either it's within you know, in some cases it's been within days, in some cases it's been within a, a week or two, and, you know, in some cases it's been, you know, a month, but, um, but it's just failure after failure, you know, or, Orbit themselves, if you, if you listen to, to, you know, what they say in their public statements, they say they've got about a 5% failure rate. Well, honestly, we've had multiple failures of units that we have bought for clients and I would say that we are probably closer to a 200% failure rate uh, because we've had to repeatedly fix the same devices over and over. So, um, you know, obviously it's not, it's not a line I lead with these days. (laughs) I have very, very frank discussions with customers because it's stuff they need to know before deciding, okay, I'm going to buy a, you know, a $2,000 Braille display instead of a $4,000 one. Uh, I mean, which is a big savings, sure, but still two grand is still a lot of money, especially if you're going to be buying something that isn't reliable because that's the real key to it is that when 
a lot of these devices, they, they're so important for day-to-day -day living that, you know, just having a bust and not being able to have a device for three weeks, it would be a huge impact for you if you're a student or well, if you need it for work, right? Think if you're a deafblind client, right? That braille display is integral to probably everything you do all day long. Yeah. If you're without it for a week, two, what do you do? You know, yep. hope, hopefully you have a loaner that you might be able to lend to them in the meantime while it's being repaired, but not everybody does that. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, you know, we've, we've had that example just in the, in the last uh, two weeks, we had a, a client deafblind who uh, got a, uh, uh, orbit, um, uh, 20, um, and, uh, they're on their second orbit 20, uh, cause the first one failed and this one just failed. Um, so they're now getting a brilliant 20 <laughs> instead. <laughs> You know, it's, it's a fair bit more expensive, but they, they want something that's going to be reliable. So we're refunding them for their, uh, for their orbit and, you know, giving them, giving them a full refund and applying it towards the, uh, the other unit. And that's gotta be frustrating though, because we're so close. We're so close to, you know, having these devices that maybe are a little bit more palatable, um, price wise, but you know, if the technology is just not there yet maybe it's too soon yeah yeah you know i i don't mind working with orbit because at least they've always kept the lines of communication open you know a, a while ago we we threw ourselves behind innovision and we we couldn't get answers from them we couldn't get responses from them they didn't seem to be on top of of the development cycle you know things like um you know updating drivers and stuff for screen readers um and out of frustration uh, and the fact that we had units that were failing, uh, we finally told our customers, right, we'll, we'll give you complete refunds on these things and, and uh, um, you know, you can apply it to something else if you like or, you know, we'll just give you your money back. But we, ha we had to do that. And, and fortunately, you know, they're, they're distributed through a master distributor in the States. They agreed to take the units back and, and pay us back for them. So we didn't lose a lot of money doing it, but we lost some. Uh, you know, with Orbit, uh, I, I know we've lost money selling Orbit at this point because, <laughs> you know, the, they're, they're not high margin products, they're low margin products, they're, they're less expensive, and we, we've spent a lot of money shipping them back and forth <laughs> and repairing them, going across the border. We've now, you know, bought a repair kit for, for Rick at Chaos Technical Services so that he can do uh, repairs in Canada rather than, than ship them across the line all the time. But... Um, it's just been expense after expense to try and keep this line going. And I, you know, I don't know how long I can keep, keep that up. Oh, Steve, you're a glutton for punishment. <laughs> I, I am, but I want these guys to succeed. Yeah. We need those less expensive options, but we need them to be reliable. Yep. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll support them as long as, you know, they are working diligently to address the problem and, and God love the folks at Orbit Research. Like I said, they, they keep the lines of communication open and, and, you know, they're always willing to talk. So, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll keep plugging away. Sound like they're making sort of an like a next gen version of these devices, or are they just trying to keep up with? Or are they just trying to keep their heads above water with with all of these issues that are coming up with the current generation? 
Well, uh, again, to, to talk to them, their, their experience is that they have about a 5% failure rate and they question things like, you know, what the hell are you guys doing up in Canada to our devices? So, you know, I can't, uh, I, I, I can't tell them what the big differences are. You know, maybe it's just because we're, we're cold and snowy and, you know, get static more than they might in other parts of, you know, down in the States or something. But, you know, I, I can't, I can't put my finger on exactly why we would have a higher failure rate than anywhere else. So all that uh, chocolate from Tim Horton's Boston cream donuts and uh, maple syrup that's getting stuck in, in the braille devices. Well, yeah, if you're doing that, then yeah, that's probably an issue. Also not covered by warranty. <laughs> but it's delicious. Yes. I saw, I saw a really cool little uh, phone project, a uh, company out of Australia. Um, uh, it's called the, uh, real Sam pocket and, uh, what they, what they've, what they're doing with this phone is they're trying to make it entirely voice operated and accessible to people who have, who have vision loss. So they're targeting kind of a different market, uh, other than, you know, the folks who might learn a, a smartphone and, you know, all the swiping and stuff. So what they're targeting is they're targeting more the uh seniors market that wants something fairly simple so uh they've got this this phone it's just a, a samsung uh galaxy a32 at this point and uh you you know hook it up to whoever your mobile provider is and this phone just has a big button on the bottom part of it that says tap to talk you tap on that button and you give it voice commands uh, and you can say things like, you know, send a message to so-and-so, call so-and-so, uh, add a contact for so-and-so, and it, it will do this all, um, entirely off voice, uh, and, and, uh, voice prompts. So it was pretty slick. It's not, uh, it, it's, uh, it's in the U S now, uh, because of, you know, all the regulations around cell phones, you, you've got to jump through all the hoops and stuff to to uh, establish these things so i'm not entirely sure what uh, what it would take to get this into uh, into canada but um yeah it was a, it was a really interesting uh take on on a cell phone and one that i think would be uh, quite well adopted by um, an elderly crowd in particular oh another another one i should mention too that i didn't mention uh from from orbit research again uh, they've just come out with a product Ooh, called really? the Orbit Speak, uh, which is uh, essentially the same as their Orbit Writer, which was just a Braille, a Bluetooth Braille keyboard, uh, but it's a little bit thicker and it has speech output and note-taking apps, clock and alarm, calendar, address book, uh, calculator, book reader, um, and it's all speech output. So that was a neat little... Uh, neat little device reminded me a lot of the uh of the old uh, braille and speak from back in the day which i still have in my desk drawer and it works just fine excellent yep. really you yeah. betcha that fine blazy engineering engineering yep man they don't make them like that anymore huh no <laughs> no they don't well you know what it's funny i was having like not to, not to sound like old man yelling at clouds, but I was having this conversation with somebody before is that, you know, part of the problem is that a lot of devices these days are overly complicated. 
um, just to have like bells and whistles, but it makes them a lot more prone to breaking and like not being able to f be able to be fixed easily. Like, you know, sto even like appliances, like stoves and stuff with it, when everything's digital and the thing has, you know, a motherboard inside when something like, you know, a burner goes out, it's much harder to fix than like on an old fashioned stove. Because I was thinking about that, the, the Braille device that you were mentioning before that has the etched buttons as opposed to like the physical buttons. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering, like that decision to, to make them that way, I wonder, was that, is that an aesthetic choice or is it a practical one? I think it's meant to be a practical one. Uh, you know, it's, it's one less moving component. Um, and as such, you know, you don't have to worry about shearing keys off or anything like that. Um, but you know, it is, uh, it, it is a design choice and, and people will either, I think, love it or hate it. It is very different, you know, coming, yeah. coming as someone who has a Braille and speak has used a Braille and speak is used to physical keys on a note taker. It, it, like Steve mentioned earlier, there is a learning curve to it and it is a very different sensation trying to braille on a flat glass surface than it is you know with physical buttons so it's unique you know but it is very usable functional and we'll just have to wait and see how it's received indeed yeah, i guess so the community will decide we're waiting for the orbit speak to to get more information about too because there's a lot of interest in that little device but you know we don't have pricing yet supposedly it's going to support 40 languages but we don't know which speech synthesizer they're using yet i don't think you know they're working on licensing agreements and stuff so i think you steve i think you said they're hoping to come in under what five or eight hundred dollars i did not say one way or the other i don't yeah, know yeah i heard that. it on another podcast then so it's going to be pretty low cost yeah that'd be cool because i would put it around uh well if it was 800 us i would put it just over 100 canadian or a thousand canadian yeah and i don't even think it would be that much it'll be, it'll be interesting to see when it comes out because like you said it's gonna have wi-fi sd cards i think there are plans i heard as well for it to be able to connect to online library services so yes yeah yeah exciting you might uh, see more at the summer shows like the nfb and acb shows as well yeah yeah, I understand that it's starting to become more and more um, common for new releases for blindness products uh, to be at those shows instead of uh, CSUN. And it sounds like ATIA has really become more the predominant uh, show in North America now than, than CSUN is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But it's in Florida, which is a long ways away. It is. Yeah. But it's so sunny in Florida. No, because they do it in January. Oh, that's true, it's, too. It's no warmer than Vancouver <laughs> at that time of year. Oh, no, Florida is amazing in January. Sad. I've only been there once. Oh, the last time I was there, it was pretty chilly. Hmm. There were oranges dropping off trees. Um, all right, well, time for the most important CSUN question. Um, how were the parties? <laughs> I never went to one. What? I did not go to a single party. Nobody invited me to one. Wow! What? Ooh. I thought you were party yeah. guy down there. No, what I happened? had uh, I had one dinner out with uh, the uh, fabulous Kimberly from uh, Low Vision International. 
And uh, that was it. Had to, had to entertain myself otherwise. Wow, I'm I'm disappointed. Do you think this... there just were not a lot of parties? No, I think I'm just uh, not invited. He's kind of he's probably <laughs> probably still kind of on the fence with a lot of people. <laughs> that's just that's just rude. I'm sorry. That's it rude. It is rude. Absolutely. That's totally rude. I think we need to start calling out these people. Yeah, let's get some names. Yeah, we want to get know who names. had the parties. Yeah, do do they well, not I, know? I, who I know you that are? there was uh, there was a big group that went out for St. Patty's Day. I didn't didn't get an invite to that one. Uh, there was a uh, company that ran an escape room. Uh, oh, don't get me started on that one. Yeah, that's rude. But, yeah. Next huh. time, just crash them. <laughs> Seriously. You know, and maybe did you did you happen to wear your AT Venture podcast a hockey jersey? You know, maybe that would have helped. I I totally forgot to even take it with me. I forgot we had those. Yeah. There's, a, <laughs> there's an AT Banter hockey jersey, which I don't have. Uh-oh. Rude. Oh, no, it's totally a rude. There, there was a limited run of <laughs> AT Banter hockey jerseys. Uh, the company that did them for us now has a minimum order considerably larger than the budget of AT Banter. Um, I'm, I'm missing a Devil's Game right now for this what? show, and I don't have a jersey. That's just, that's harsh. Well, it's okay. It is the devils after no, all. No, I love my devils. Don't be slamming my devils. <laughs> we will not be bashing my hockey team. <laughs> right? Well, I know. By the time this podcast drops, it'll be old news. But right now, my my devils are winning. They're beating the Leafs. Uh, no, they're not. Wait. They, yeah. Wait, did that score just change? No, they're tied. They're tied now as we speak. Uh -oh. So. Uh -oh. <laughs> Well, I think we're going to have to try and get her a jersey some way, some, somehow. Well, sure. I'd love a jersey. All right. Well, I mean, actually, to be honest, they're the, it's the old logo. We changed oh, the logo. Oh, that's true, too. Then. That's right. Oh, we, we need to do a, a whole hockey so, jersey redo? Yeah, we need no, we a, we need a new that, budget. So. We need for the next, next round of budgeting. Um, all right. Well, does anybody else have any questions for Steve? It sounds like it was a good time, Steve. Uh, it was uh, it was probably a CSUN I could have missed, to be honest. <laughs> but you didn't know that before you went. I didn't. But did I mention the palm trees and blue sky? You did. You did. Yeah, see, that's yes. worth it for, for there. Sorry, I was trying to put a positive spin on it. But uh, <laughs> all right, it sucked. CSUN sucked. It's terrible. Steve did not get invited to any parties. That's not cool, everybody. So, are you going to go next year? I might try ATIA next year. This well, is the Technology Industry Association Conference in Florida. Well, there you go. So, mm. so long, CSUN. Yippers. Till next year. Uh, well, maybe. Maybe. It maybe. Sounds like, sounds like Steve's heading for Florida. If they're lucky and someone invites him to a damn party. Nerds in paradise. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I'm not going unless you've got a party invite. <laughs> <laughs> you got to secure them before the conference, but... That's just me. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on. Uh, I think we're almost ready to close this out. But before we do, uh, guys, I saw this. You actually, Ryan, you sent this to me. And I thought that we should maybe give it a plug and talk a little bit about it. But there is a, con or there's a concert coming up on 
April sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just, can can one of you guys set this set this up and and tell the folks uh, what's it about? Well, if if you don't mind, Ryan, I'll just jump in a little bit. Um, so it's my understanding. So it's this concert that the the name of it is uh, "We're with You," the letter U, and that U is for Ukraine, and it's a um, uh, it's it's a basically a performance to support Ukrainians and those uh, who are blind and being affected by the the war that's taking place right now, and it is sponsored by it's the global blind community which is comprised of the uh, the world blind union in partnership with the nfb and it's being aired through mushroom fm i don't have any uh, a lot of um information about mushroom fm this is my first time hearing about them but it's a fully accessible uh tool that where you can actually access the the concert itself um on april 4th i'm sorry april 16th so I think it's a it's a pretty exciting thing because it's these blind performers that are all coming together and sort of virtually doing these performances from around the world. Yeah, it's blind and partially sighted musicians that are, you know, singing along to backing tracks or, you know, pre-recorded stuff that they've already recorded and have submitted. There is a, an email address you can submit your presentations to. Also, Mushroom FM is run by our friend of the show, Jonathan Mosen, who most of our audience will know has been around a long time. It will also be available on other streaming um, avenues as well. We're just not sure yet because those details haven't been worked out. Mm. So what Ryan doesn't know is that I actually submitted him. He's going to be playing the cowbell. I submitted one of my songs. <laughs> did you really? I did. I submitted oh, Make a Difference. Oh, that's What's, so cool. Awesome. I, I still want, kind of want you in a super, I'm sorry, no, Spider-Man costume playing the cowbell. That's going to be on my TikTok channel. <laughs> okay. Damn. Okay. Right. It's going to be amazing. No, this is a really, this is actually a really cool event. Um, yeah, and it's a fundraiser. So there will be methods of donations, whether it's Visa or credit cards. They are working on also a, a, a phone line that you could call in to make donations to as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so for right now, um, you know, we we will check the show notes. We'll leave a link to the uh, Mushroom FM page, information page about this. Um, But if anybody is out there and wants the address, it's mushroomfm, all all one word, dot com slash with you, all one word. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it'd be very cool. Yep. I want to go watch my devils lose. (laughs) <laughs> oh, how the tide has turned. You're not so confident now as you were. Well, you know, I still love them. I didn't, you know. Well, hey, listen, we, we, we live in Vancouver. We know full well what it's like to love losers. And <laughs> <laughs> it's sadly true. And it's, and, yeah. And we're and playing when, Colorado tonight, so that's not good. And, and we're starting our backup goalie, so. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, and every time we get really close to the winning the Stanley Cup, we seem to riot, have a riot. So it's, it's a weird city. It's, it's a weird city, let me tell you. We've had two, right? Aren't we two for two? Uh, yeah, yeah, two riots for two losses in the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
I don't, I've never understood that. I don't hear that in any other city in North America where they just, they burned down their own city uh, because they lost the hockey game. It's, you, it's you'd really... actually be surprised how many times it's happened with different sports, but uh, yeah, Van, Vancouver, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit more obvious because it's been a hundred percent of the time so far. Yeah. Wow. Two for two. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, no, yeah. that is true. I mean, Europeans can get pretty crazy about about soccer. That's true. They've had some. They've had oh some yeah, I was I was in England uh, one year when uh, the UK lost to Germany in the Euro Cup. Uh, uh, I don't think it was the finals. I think it was uh, one of the earlier rounds. But uh, as they were losing the game, my wife and I started looking at each other, going, "We should probably go." And by the time we got home. Uh, we turned on the news and Piccadilly, where we had just left, uh, was a riot. Let's go. Let's do um, that sign-off stuff. Uh, okay. Well, then, hey, Liz. Yes. Uh, where can people find us? Uh, they can certainly find us on the web at atbanter.com. Hey, did you know you can also reach us by email, if you so desire, at cowbell at atbanter.com. Mm. Sweet sound. Well, that was a little lightly struck there. I thought there could have been more enthusiasm. Yeah, that, I think that, that sounded like a glancing blow off the, off the cowbell. Ooh, wow, there that we, nice. okay, that one came right through. Thank <laughs> That's you. Better. That's better. Okay. Um, Linda heard that one upstairs. Yep. Oof. And on top of that, if people want to find us, they can find us on social media because we are on both Facebook and Twitter, both toxic platforms, but we're there. So suck it up, people. And they can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever they listen to podcasts. Uh, okay, well, uh, listen, Steve, thanks so much for giving us that CSUN roundup. Uh, Happy to it do it. Inter interesting to hear what's what's going on there. I feel like we haven't had an actual tech a show that we geeked out about technology for quite a while. So it's kind of it's kind of cool, kind of kind of nice to revisit the old days. Well, it's been, you know, two years since there's been a tech show, right? Due to COVID, so. Yeah. Glad they're yeah. back. Yeah. Too bad they suck. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the devils. Hey, ow. Yeah, we're the Jersey Devils at CSUN. Did they have a booth there, Steve? <laughs> Recreating new players. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sorry, Liz. I can take it. It's okay. I know. I can take it. Are you low vision? You'll be a perfect center. <laughs> <laughs> How much field of view? Four percent? You can be a goalie. Sure. You know what? End. I'm sorry, you guys. You guys can all go shock yourselves, okay? <laughs> That's a Friday uh, night for excellent, me. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, that was fun. That was that was better than the actual show. I enjoyed that. Uh, okay. <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening in. Uh, big thanks to us for, for, for doing this. <laughs> Rob's high. That's right. It's all kicked in. The, gummy, the gummy kicked in. Uh, no. Thanks. Oh, oh, we're losing Ryan. We better... Pretty much. Yeah, didn't go once you got Hurry the up. snort, he got he's, the he's snort. gone. Yep. Yeah, he's gone. All right. Thanks everybody for listening in. And we will see everybody next week. 
This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com.